welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, A.J. Riley, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Bassett, bringing you the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What up, webheads? Along with Paul Roshan, Dylan Bear, Ryan Griffin, I'm Matt Basson. Welcome to Sports Carnage. We are post-draft. It came and went, and we thank all of you that stuck around with us last week uh, for the Facebook Live version of the Sports Carnage all podcast. All three of you. We had, And it's was, on YouTube, so go check out for live reaction. I mean, there were more than three that were with us. Maybe near the end, it was only three, but... We had multiple chatting with us, joining us. Uh, Paul Robinson out there in uh, across the pond. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, there were others. I'm just not remembering your name, so my apologies. Uh, but hey, you weren't memorable. <laughs> I, I have to. Uh, I have to go back on what I said to begin the Facebook Live last week, where I was predicting that we would be, uh, you know, besmirching, bemoaning our beloved Detroit Lions on the draft because Brad Holmes came out and knocked one out the park. First one fell to him, yes, but he stuck with his plan, a plan I wholeheartedly agree with, of building from the trenches out. I understand there were flashy receivers that we did not take. We took a receiver later on in the draft uh, to help our probably NFL worst receiving core, but we're not going to win this year anyway. And I think Brad Holmes knows that. I think Dan Campbell knows that. And this is about what we are going to do in the future and how we are going to stop being the laughing stock of the NFL and really professional sports in general, because that's what the Lions have been for most of all of our lives as participants of this podcast. So, Paul, I want to hear it from you because you are the man who has given so much shit to this GM hire oh, over anybody hold else on. in this podcast. Not I the still, GM. I understand. Not that the GM. I, yes, the, the GM. process. Yes, the GM. Okay, no, that's fine. The process. I understand. You were saying there were five other it's people different. at least that were better suited for this position. But for who we that's got hyperbole. and what he did, I want to hear from you that this man for his first draft did a hell of a job. So I want to clarify what Dylan clarified earlier in the week when we were just chatting. Personnel-wise, strictly personnel. Now, a GM's job is far more than personnel, but his most important job is personnel. Personnel-wise, Brad Holmes, in my opinion, has not made any mistakes since taking over the job. And in fact, has done a ton of good. So it starts before the draft. The draft is the most important, but it really starts before the draft. He has clearly, he, he knows this is a long-term rebuild. It's going to take a handful of years. We have no plans to win now, and we shouldn't. And his free agent signings have dictated that. He has not made any stupid long-term signings. It's all been very short-term stuff, just enough to kind of half-ass compete in the interim and, and not, uh, not completely look like you're tanking, even though we're pretty much tanking. And then the thing you said about the draft, you love that he went in and built from the trenches. I love that too. I mean, we've talked about it a thousand times that it's cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. That's, that's how you win football games. Everyone likes the flashy picks, but that's not what wins you football games. And every, seems like every other year, the Super Bowl has to reinforce that idea. Uh, you've seen Kansas City fall apart because they couldn't win in the trenches due to injury, right? right. So it, it's exceptionally important, but something way more important to me is 
while we started building in the trenches, it never felt like we were locked into doing that. And Brad Holmes' comments reinforce that idea that something that I have that I really hated Bob Quinn for but so many teams fall victim to this is you have an idea like in your draft preparation you have an idea of how you think the draft might go who might be available for you as the draft actually shakes out you have to be adaptable right you have to see how things are going in Maybe trade up, maybe trade back, maybe someone's on the board you didn't expect to be there. You can't lock into doing something, which is something that Bob Quinn was horrible at. Uh, most notably to me was the Gerard Davis pick that like that was one that he honed in on months before the draft. And even though there were so many different things we could have done with that pick, he's like, this is our guy. I don't get that sense at all from Brad Holmes. Hell, Brad Holmes came out and it doesn't necessarily mean it's true and it might have depended on who was available there but Brad Holmes himself came out and said if Sewell wasn't there we would have taken a quarterback that's a massive commitment right like most teams don't just on a whim decide oh we're drafting a quarterback in the top 10 this year right and if they if they plan on drafting a quarterback in the top 10 a lot of teams lock into we're drafting a quarterback this year that's what we're doing we didn't do that And that gives you immense hope for how they're going to build this team going forward because it tells you that they're going to try to get what they perceive as the most value. Not every pick I thought was perfect. Like, I I wouldn't have made the same pick every single round, but they didn't do anything egregious. They didn't draft a Jelani Tavai in the second round, right? And they... They never locked in to doing something. They took back-to-back defensive tackles on day two. And it didn't feel like a bad thing. Yeah. What do you mean, eh? I want to jock. Me. I want to jock with that second pick. Oh, so did I. I we all did. I, I want to jock. I couldn't believe he was there. I wanted him so bad in that second pick. There were three players that I wanted more than who we took in the second round. I, I wanted Jock. I wanted Asante Samuel Jr. Um, I, I wanted uh, Javon Holland. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not him. Um, Tavon. Uh, Javon Holland was gone already, I think. Or he went later. Oh, the safety. Morig. Yeah, Tavon Morig. Um, Tra- it was Trayvon, him, 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 Asante. That's what I said. You said Tavon. Like oh, Tavon Austin. My bad. No, my bad. Uh, I, I really liked him. I, I really like John O'Corn, linebacker out of Notre Dame. Uh, <laughs> I love it's just it's so it's all I can think about because so many years on the forums of like seeing JOK and it's all I think about. Jeremiah Owusu like Koromoa. John O'Corn's Koromoa. a lot easier to say, even if even if the people on the podcast have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. JOK. <laughs> um, you mean the I, sleeper pick of the draft? Uh, yeah. Sle- Sleeper for the worst reason, dude. I'm s- nothing <laughs> aggravates me more than when a team when teams are like, oh, he had he had a heart palpitation, so we just didn't feel comfortable drafting. Him. Uh, he had a what? <laughs> you heard him. He had a heart palpitation. That's a that's a I more advanced that. version of a palpitation. It's got more. <laughs> <He's a bell-able. laughs> yeah, halfway through the word, it started skipping. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, for real. 
y'all, y'all did incredible. I did tell you this would happen. Hold on. You told us we were drafting a receiver. You swore to your God we were drafting a receiver. Well, well, yeah, the Bengals did us a favor uh, uh, and took Jamar Chase already. That is the opposite of telling us. Because if that had happened, this would have been a catastrophe of a draft. Sure, but I think that you already alluded to the best like aspect of him, right? He's. I would argue that it, basically, if you really want to twist it, the way that you said it, like him saying that he wasn't locked into one particular guy, you can read that as they did their scouting and did their work on so many people that they were comfortable with any situation. They weren't caught with their pants down, which Absolutely. is literally what the last guys did. That, if anything, is the only thing you can take out of this. Well, not the only thing, but I would say the most positive thing out of it is that no matter what happened above them, they were prepared. You can't say that about a lot of other guys. And the fact that he was, that's a really good sign. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, lucky as all hell, the right guy fell to us. And yeah, it for, is. So, like, as far as the first round goes, um, if you guys want to hear our takes on the first round, you can just go watch our YouTube. But the uh, biggest thing I think, even throughout the, uh, even throughout the draft, was it didn't really felt like you reach for picks because even with like the building in the trenches thing, I mean, we had Bob Quinn try and do that. You know, he drafted is it Decker, Glasgow, Ashawn, and uh, I think Joe Dahl all in one draft. So they tried to do the same thing. It just, you know, a lot of his picks, you felt like you didn't get the value that you needed or you took a guy around too early, et cetera, et cetera. So even with Brad Holmes in this draft, whether you wanted um, a guy like, you know, Karamora or however you say his name in the second round or Nico Collins or Jabril Cox in the third round or whatever it was, you still didn't feel like that the guys he picked, um, he was, you know, reaching for and I think we're going to talk about draft grades a little bit later but everywhere you looked everyone thought the Lions had a great draft and that's not just because you know they got Sewell when he fell to them um it was for except for that one all free the picks press that he made <clears throat> on on day two and three oh yeah Jesus Mr. Carlos what a troll <laughs> are you kidding me oh how do you have Monterey's? a job <laughs> he has a job because that's what he is that is his job, is to be that person. This man must well, have loved the Matt Millen era. Took wide receivers well, left he, and right. It's not, so that that's the thing. I, <laughs> I, I dislike him for being a sellout and for being willing to play this just gross caricature. Like, it's it's beyond absurd. It's I, I hate I hate I, all of that. But I, I, I don't put... I don't put any stock into what he writes as far as what the, the, the he actually believes those things. I don't think I don't, he believes right, sure. these things. Uh, it's well, not that's, that's why you his don't pay attention to job. Uh, then like, how do you have a job like, at a serious newspaper and not at a freaking magazine? That's because but that's why they dead. hired him. So they hired him to replace um oh, I can't even think of his Drew Sharp. They hired him to replace Drew Sharp. And Captain negative before him. That, yeah, but that Drew was, Sharp his, was negative. Sharp was like, that was just him. <laughs> so well, so here's know, the thing. He wasn't even that bad. Like he just thought the Big Ten sucked a whole bunch. So let's let's and not. Has just like evolved it. I, I don't want to. Drew Sharp kind of had two different careers. Like he had a first half career and a second half career. Drew Sharp was a kind of hypercritical <laughs> guy. Before we that, knew him and after we knew him. 
<laughs> no, Drew Sharp was like Drew Sharp was kind of a hypercritical guy that was Drew very, very staunch in his opinions, and he he wrote about them, and he got a following. A sp- and he wrote at a time where the Lions were terrible. Uh, some of our uh, Michigan was terrible, right? Michigan football was terrible. And so he wrote at a time where that negativity sold a lot because there was a lot of truth to it. But over time, and I, I, it's not all dissimilar to a local radio host that I'm not going to name here. Over time, he kind of became a, his writing became a caricature of itself, and he started playing the role more and more. But for the most part, and for a long time, are you it talking was, about Rico just because he's black? I'm not. No, I'm not talking about Rico. Rico is just awful. Like he's all awful. Um, he's a, he's a solid. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think Rico. I okay. So I haven't listened to Rico very much to know entirely, but from what I've heard, he's I don't think he's a caricature awful. of himself. I think he's a dumb person. But that's uh, yeah. like that's that's not very hey. nice, and I don't want to be he, negative. He, this is a fun a fun podcast. So, Drew Sharp, his that was like his opinion most of the time. Then he kind of became a character of himself, and and he stuck to this role. What? Yeah, I butchered that word. <laughs> I listen. What I'm is on, happening? I am a character. I'm very dry. <laughs> I, I'm a little dehydrated. Uh, he started playing this role to the end of his career, and then. They just replaced him with another guy that would come in and fill that role. And at that point, opinions didn't matter. It's this. This, this had a following more time here. Than he deserves to. This be had a following here, and we want you to play that role. And that's what Carlos Monterez is. And it's grotesque, but it's what he gets paid to do. So we don't pay him attention, and he can say whatever nonsense he wants. And that's just he's how just I gr- treat it. He, he's just a glorified salesman at this point. Anyway. Selling negativity for any reason at all. He's basically just selling ad space, clicks, whatever. I mean, he all the nonsense he ever said about Stafford, I've still never seen a worse take than you messed up your first round pick because you didn't take a receiver. (laughs) Like, oh my goodness. Well, okay. Is that time to transition? Because I have a word about the stupidness in the middle of the teens. Well, well, so let's let's talk about the NFL draft as a whole. We got all kinds of time, yeah, and we'll yeah, spend yeah, so much yeah. time on the Lions. And you you said you have some stupidness. I assume you're you're talking about a, a specific draft pick. I'm talking about multiples of them because, to be entirely honest, you guys have been it, it, the pick in the draft in in some total really nice. However, what happened around Sewell? feels like what happened around Aaron Donald, where it was just one team on an island, had the right idea, and everyone else around them decided to be stupid. Well, the worst, it's more, Miami's is more egregious than the Bengals. It's neither are good, but Miami's is worse than the Bengals. Because their quarterback's knee looks like the side of a highway. You mean because they couldn't protect him, right? Yes, because why are you picking a receiver? Like no amount of receivers Do, is going to Does help it not make it a little dies. better that they immediately address that spot with their next pick? No, because you could have gotten the best possible option for your guy. This I I, I agree it was poor possible. But it 
so the I'm not okay with it. I'm not for all the reasons I, I would have flipped out if the Lions made the pick. It. I'm not right. okay. They're they're not winning anytime soon. They made a luxury pick. By the time they're ready to win, they can't afford to pay the guy if he's worth as high as a pick as he is. And if their quarterback is even healthy enough to do it, he may turn into Andrew Luck and quit it. Strictly from a he was the clear cut consensus number one at the position. They think reuniting him with his college quarterback, and it's just – I, I, I think it's that. dumb. I, I think it's dumb. Ryan mentioned it on on the – in the first live. round pot uh, – the live that we did. Um, he mentioned that meme that was going around that, that said um, Bengals if they draft Jamar Chase, Bengals if they draft Panay Sewell, and um, – if they drafted Jamar Chase, it was the quarterback being hit before he gets a chance to throw the ball. Uh, Cause that's what happens. I mean, that's just, that's how it goes. We've it's seen it plenty. We saw the, it's what we saw in the Super Bowl. It's, it's what, what we saw in the saw Super Bowl. In the Doesn't Super Bowl with the Kansas city chiefs. You, you can Patrick have Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. And it, if you can't well, okay. give them time, it doesn't matter. We, like, also, we also need to remember that the Cincinnati Bengals are in the division where miles Garrett and TJ Watt are in. Yeah, and TJ Watt. Yeah. What, yeah it's not good what for him. are you, well, that's that's part of the compounding issue when it comes to Cincinnati side of things is that I don't agree on the Miami thing because Miami doesn't have as much to like tangibly. You can look at Cincinnati's situation and say, look, with your division, with who is in your division, with Patrick Queen, T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree's in Tennessee now, but you may wind up facing them. But then you also have uh, Cleveland with Miles Garrett. You have a laundry list of fantastic pass rushers who you are basically telling them tee off on our guy. That is like, you need to factor in your opponents when you're making these picks. And I feel like Cincinnati didn't do that because you having Jamar chase is not helping you catch Cleveland. And it's not helping you catch even Baltimore, who is arguably maybe an eight and eight, nine and seven team. So since since we're talking rapping about this a lot, let's do a little round table. Um, we all had a lot some stuff we loved in the draft, some picks. We all had some picks we hated. I'll let you start, Dylan. Clearly, you more than anything hated the the Jamar Chase pick, um, and I don't yes. blame you for it. Give us give us some other picks that you loved or hated. It doesn't have to be first round, but they can be. I think that the other, well, like I said, the sandwich of stupid on either side of the Panay Sewell pick. I don't love Miami's pick just because I don't. Jalen Waddle, eh. Again, I think Panay Sewell is a better add value for them considering that Buffalo is who they're chasing. But even that's not as egregious as Cincy. However, I think that Carolina and Denver literally pulled off what you did last year. Why are you taking corners? This high. Denver in particular. I don't understand why you're doing that. Carolina, were they the ones who drafted? They took J.C. Horn. Yeah, well, no. Who got Darnold? Carolina. 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 All right, so Carolina's may not be as bad. I I didn't mind that. I don't know. I I don't love corners there. However, I want to point to one team outside of Cincinnati. This, to me, is the worst because of the context for rounding. The Philadelphia Eagles at 10, not because of Devontae Smith and, oh, but maybe he's undersized. I don't know. Maybe he turns out to be just like uh, Steve Smith. I don't know. What is stupid is that Philadelphia traded out of the top 10 and then traded back with your in-division rival 
to go back to the spot to get the guy that you wanted. If you wanted Devontae Smith so badly, why did you trade out just to trade back in again? You, you, the, Whatever the spiting your face analogy is, that's what they did. Why are you doing that? If you wanted Devontae Smith the whole time, why didn't you just stay where you were? Instead, you moved back and then you traded up with your in-division rival. That makes no sense. In in live, I was super surprised. I thought that pick was going to be Justin Fields. I, I really did. I for you're trade you're trading up for a receiver. You're you're trading up for a receiver and putting your trust in Jalen Hurts. Like that's crazy to me. I thought they're gonna take Justin Fields, let him sit behind Jalen Hurts for a year, um, which would have been the perfect transition. The, you can continue. You can build your offense the same exact way. You don't have to change anything. Um, in I mean, you know how I feel about receivers in the top ten, especially in a team that's not ready to contend. But you're trading up to draft one, and it's like. How many times do we have to watch this movie? And you know what's and you know what's even worse is that their pick was only two spots behind where they were. Why, if anything, one could argue, why didn't you just stay at twelve? Dallas isn't picking another receiver. Well, because again. because the Giants were, and they didn't want to face them two times a year. The Giants were at eleven. This is the bet that you laid for yourself by trading back. This is clearly this is anti Lions in the sense that clearly Philly was not preparing for all scenarios. That is, well, I will say so to Ryan's point. Devontae Smith was going to eleven at the Giants. So if that was your guy, that's them. That's what I'm well, saying. Because they're not they preparing were, for it. I'm trying to – I don't remember the compensation. So it's hard – I can't really answer a question without – I don't what, have it Regardless of compensation, my point of what I'm trying to say well, though, is that this is – no, this is poor planning because if you wanted Devontae Smith in the first place, which trading up was clearly the case, why did you trade back in the first place? Fine. You say, oh, well, it's because of compensation. Well, then that compensation clearly to you had to outweigh – getting Devontae Smith because you passed the Giants who you knew were going to be there. Well, I'm trying so, – who what was right, their initial – if you got design? Devontae Smith and a third-round pick, that's better than just staying where you're at and getting Devontae Smith. Which is true, and that's why the compensation is important. I just don't like trading up for a receiver, period. It's the it's idea just, more it, than all anything of else. It just, all of it just looks like Howie Roseman is not like planning any of this in advance. He's doing exactly what most of these GMs do. Where they just like they're on the fly. They're not playing. They're doing the exact opposite of what I we were talking about with Brad Holmes. You weren't planning ahead of time. That's what that looks like to me. It looks like there, to me, it looks like an overcorrection from being too cute last year and not taking Justin not Jefferson, taking Justin Jefferson, who was a clear cut choice at wide right, receiver, right. and going with Jalen Rager, who we still haven't seen really play and don't know what he's going to bring to the table. But we saw what Justin Jefferson did, and he brought a lot to the table. Actually, fought, made an argument for offensive rookie of the year last year, which is saying something considering how well the quarterbacks played, especially out there in Los Angeles. Uh, so to me, it was just more of a, okay, we messed this up last year, and we still have nobody to catch the damn ball for us. We got to go get somebody. Why not go get the Heisman who blew everyone out of the water last year at the wide receiver position with how Which well he played? still comes back to what I said before. Right. Yeah, I don't They're understand not, the training. This is recklessness. I mean, this it's an, It's like you guys said, it's an overcorrection. Now, we're, we're very negative. Dylan, were there any picks you liked in the first round? <laughs> or in general, no. it doesn't have to be the first round. It doesn't have to be the first well, round. 
No, I mean, I, to be fair, we did beat this to death, but I do think that the Detroit... Well, I, like, I, well, we should okay, skip Detroit, because we're going to have a whole no, discussion on Detroit. I, I know, but I do want to just briefly, because I know Ryan got a bit of heat from some people, I don't know who it was, but about saying, oh, well, he's going to be all fair, whatever. I truly think that probably this Detroit... Probably uh, <laughs> I truly think that this Detroit Lions pick will be the Aaron Donald pick of this draft. I'm that certain of it. That one is unequivocally my favorite. But if we're ignoring the Lions, then the next best one, I don't want to talk about my team because I'm biased here and I also don't like super, super. I think that, okay, a real low-key one. But I think that the Indianapolis Colts getting Quiddy Pay as an edge rusher that's pretty good. I th- that that is because their defense already is pretty phenomenal as it is, and you're adding an extra piece to work with around Darius Leonard. I actually really like that. I think that pay actually went a little low, in my opinion. And the only other one out of the first round that I despised is Jacksonville at twenty-five. What are you doing? I don't like getting guys who play for each other in college. It's the same thing as drafting a kid who played in your hometown. It's just not a recipe for success, in my opinion. And getting Travis Etienne any, at, as it is, no, I, I don't like that pick at all. I don't think Jacksonville went with value or sense of pick because you have James Robinson on your team already. That one is so stupid. It's going to piggyback you on this one. It's such, it's such a, I just hired a college coach pick. Like, right. It's so dumb. You, we know how devalued running back has become in the NFL, just in general. No, there were like, two in you, the first you don't, round. You don't need to pick one in the first round. And I'm not even going to go out and say that I think picking a first round running back is always a mistake. Hell, I was banging on the table that I thought the Giants did the right thing taking Saquon because I thought he was that good. Like, you just don't pass up on talent like that. But... It's all about context. We say that the C word more than anything else on this podcast, right? You had James Robinson, okay? Not only did you have James Robinson, so this is not a need at all. Like in no realm of reality is this a need. Travis Aitchin might be awesome, okay? He might be a fabulous running back. That's right. It's 18, right? That's I, I believe it's a cheen, like with yeah. a ch is how he said it. But it's then even on the broadcast they never say it right. It it doesn't matter. I feel like that's one you can say <laughs> however you want, and no one's gonna yell at you. Um, so it, not a big deal. I, I'm not, I'm never gonna correct anyone on that. Uh, he he's he could be a fabulous player. He he looks like a really good player. But your skill position players when you're Clemson don't god dang matter right now. <laughs> they don't. And you took a skill position player at a position that you already had. You you hit on a you hit a, on a UFA at this position last year. You hit the lottery. You got lucky. You why are you wasting such precious draft capital? Your team is a dumpster fire. You're starting a rookie quarterback. Why are you doing it? It it made me so upset because I want to see Trevor Lawrence have great success, and I think he will, whether it's with Jacksonville or not. But. Uh, this hurts. Like, it's not good. Um, Jalen Waddle, I think, is the worst pick in the draft. And I mean the worst pick in the entire draft. Um, huh. Jamar Chase, I thought, was a bad pick, but I understood the pick. Jamar Chase did not fall to you. I don't care how much you wanted a pass catcher. You taking the next guy on the list over a generational prospect 
at your biggest position in need on the offensive line, there is no excusing it. You're not winning now. You're not winning on his rookie contract. And you passed up. It, it, it would be so different if Panay Sewell went to the Bengals and then Miami took Jamar Chase. Right, so right, different. Right. I still wouldn't like it, but it'd be so different. No, they took Jamar Chase. You passed up the generational tackle talent to take a worse receiver. In no way does this get you closer to a Super Bowl. Like you're hurting yourself, and it it just it's so goddamn. I do have a I do have a quick question. Panay Sewell, what, was he a left tackle or a right tackle? Can we college? at least get his name right? It's Panay. Whatever. No. Yes. P. Sewell. We are going to get his Sewell. name right. Please. Uh, he, 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 he was a, a left plus, tackle. He, he he was a left tackle. Um, but I'm you curious. guys are playing him at right, though. So that's right? what I've heard. Now he will. First of all, he could play wherever. And in the well, current right, in course. the current NFL, the in the, back in the day, it was if he wasn't good enough, he played on the right side. Like that was the thing. Sure. That's not. Well, but there's a there's a specific reason it matters for Miami though because. Technically speaking, the Sewell right side is the left side. He yes, could have, he could have been the blind co- coverage because Tua. Tua is left-handed quarterback, exactly. so obviously it flips exactly. things. But no, Sewell can play either way. I, by all accounts, we're going to play Sewell at right tackle. I would actually like to see him and Decker eventually swap, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's really not super important. Um, but one thing that will help Sewell a lot at right tackle is traditionally um, your right tackle is your better run blocker. Sewell is maybe, and I he might have had the highest run blocking grade in college PFF history. Um, it was very good. Swift fantasy it was first round pick, very, everybody. very good. And Taylor Decker's run blocking is not his strong suit. So that is a reason to kind of keep them where they're at. But I also just like putting the best guy on the left side if I have a right-handed quarterback. But again, nitpicking, not super important. Whatever they do with them, we got nice bookend tackles and Quietly having starting to build a really good offensive line, you have a Pro Bowl center. You, if you get good, de- even decent guard play, like something that's been the bane of our existence for so many years, may be a strength. Um, I will say there was a couple picks that I didn't hate in the first round. Not a couple, there are a bunch, but uh, my favorite is the is the Cowboys. The Cowboys were able to trade back a couple spots. And land a player that I would not have been mad if the Lions took at seven. Had Sewell not been on the board. Um, Micah Parsons, I think, is just an awesome, awesome talent. I think his versatility and athleticism at linebacker allows you to do so many different things with your defense. He never has to come off the field. He can play so many different roles in the way you can mix personnel around him, no matter what the situation is, it lets your defense be so much more adaptable in without constantly having to make substitutions to get that guy at 12 and get extra assets in a trade back to do that. That's just, that's, that's how there you is, work there is one portion of the Dallas part that does also help them is that they didn't have to pick up the option on Leighton Vander Esch either. He's gone now. So not yes. only did you get a get I, probably a better player to put next to Jalen Smith, but you also were able to get money off the books. And, and almost a better version of one because LVE, his thing was he had the size and athleticism, but 
He kind of lacked everything else, and he could never put it all together, whereas Micah Parsons kind of has it all together, and I expect him to be a very, very good player for a long time in the NFL. So I thought that was a really awesome pick. Um, outside of that, I mean, I there wasn't a lot of surprises in the first round, I didn't feel like. Um and more of them were negative. Like, you have the Raiders doing what the Raiders do, picking random... That, that goes without saying. Picking right? random oh. big school prospects that, like, this is so early. You're picking, like, the seventh best tackle in the draft at 17 overall. Like, what are you doing? And then saying it doesn't matter what the TV draft experts say. Well, that's who you hired as your yeah, If Madden says that I overreached, <laughs> I'll prove them wrong. It's I mean, so that is, funny. that is hilarious though. I mean, Ryan, that's so, it's, you literally hired a TV expert. It's, it's, it's an unbelievable thing for a, a official team account to like tweet out and put like in their article. And you're, you're admitting that you reached according to everybody on top of it. Like, it's like, it's unreal. Matt, you've <laughs> been quiet. That's just do. Draft, TV draft expert. No, I mean, you guys know my favorite pick of the draft, and it was one our team didn't make, and it can't, you know, it fell to them. I think Cleveland killed the draft in general. <laughs> so, you know, sewing up their defense um, and really taking a chance to really run the AFC North by going defense, defense at the end of the first round, and then you know, middle of the second round. Obviously, you know, the guy they, the guy that fell to them. None of us expected him to be there at pick fifty-two in the draft, but. You know, JOK being there and Cleveland having yeah. the stones to take him when no one else was taking him. And plenty of teams had reasons to, us included, you know, had a chance to really have a quarterback for your defense. Uh, I think Cleveland, in, just in general, nailed this draft. And this pick obviously stands out to me just because of how bad I wanted him. You know, we were teasing it near the end of the first dra- first round on Facebook Live. And we were hoping that the Lions were going to make a move to come up at the end of the sec- of the first round and take him. And then the fact that he was still there when we were picking in the second round, I, I was ecstatic, you know, because Ryan and I kept we kept looking at every team picking before us in the second round, and they picked someone else. And we're like, yes, pick someone else. Yes. All right. He's fallen to us. He's fallen to us. And he came to us, and we didn't take him. And he kept falling. And the fact that Cleveland had the stones, I think this is going to play out for them tremendously over the next five years where they have a defense to really wreck lives in the AFC North. And they have a pretty decent offense. And, you know, Baker's doing doing enough. You know, I don't know if he's their quarterback for the future, but they have the offensive weapons. They now have the defensive weapons to make a real serious run in the AFC, which is something I never thought I would say for the Cleveland Yeah, Browns. you did. You, yeah, you did. Picking up Malik McDowell was a huge. Ryan, you have to waste a draft pick. I do have some second round things, but Ryan needs to share his first before we do my second round? Yeah, whatever well, you want. I, 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 it, I do, but I don't, I don't want. want. Right, I don't want uh, to transition away if you got first round. We're just talking about picks. We like, didn't like. Um, like I said, we talked. <laughs> we talked about most of them. Um, I did like Parsons. Obviously, I like Sewell a whole lot. I liked Quiddy Pay, who we talked about just a little bit more on our um, on our draft reaction. You know, just because he went to went to Michigan, obviously, but. I mean, other than that, there was there were some funny picks. Like the Bills took a guy whose last name is Wild Goose in the sixth round, and I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I thought they had a good draft overall, and then um, I would agree with Matt on the Browns. I actually think the Browns probably 
had the best draft just because I was looking at, you know, some of the classes uh, on my phone while we were doing this. But they obviously got uh, JOK in the second, who was, uh, you know, a, a first-round talent um, who fell to them. Still got Greg Newsom the second, uh, who's one of the, you know, obviously the better corners in the draft. Uh, Anthony Swartz, who's a, an Olympian, like – He's so fast, he's an Olympian sprinter, essentially, um, at receiver, which helps them in two ways, right? One, the receiving core is already pretty stacked, but if they are going to move on from either Landry or Odell or even both, now you do still have guys like Anthony Schwartz who can come in and at least be an immediate deep threat, even if he's not going to be like an every-down receiver you have to worry about. Um, And then, you know, DPJ showed flashes for them last year. Uh, so I think they're doing a good job building their offense. I don't know if Baker is necessarily their answer either, but I think they have done a good job of trying to surround the offense with uh, with, with weapons for him. You know, the running back room is obviously outstanding. Absurd. And and they just had a bunch of picks. To, like, I think they had eight or nine picks. Um, well, the and Vikings all- had another good draft, and the Vikings had, like, 10 picks themselves, and they, you know, you at least used 10 picks. I don't know how many they they went into the draft with. Um, but that's just, just a bunch of different opportunities to add talent um, outside of the top, you know, two or three rounds of guys whose names you might recognize, and then if somebody falls and they're in your conference or something. Um, but other than that, I, I do like what those two teams did, and I like what the Browns did because I thought what they got at the at the top end of their um, draft class. And on Help the, them out a lot, and there's a you know a potential for home runs with all of them. On the Browns, the one guy you didn't mention is one that I think could really make take this class to the next level. They may have got their starting a starting tackle in the fourth round. I I think James Hudson was a really Don't nice. Don't tell pick. Jim Harbaugh that. <laughs> well, Jim Harbaugh knew he was a good player. That's that not at all why he left the team. Um, they call him a depressed bitch. Oh, stop it. Get out of here with that. He told him to go nonsense. sit in Dr. Melfi's office. Oh, my said, goodness. What? <laughs> this, I, I cannot listen. So normally I would just laugh, and it's Michigan hate, but I, I, the reason I can't let this slander go, Michigan, oh, Michigan has literally the best mental health program among sports teams in the entire country. We have an entire team of specialists and one of the most well-regarded doctors in the entire country that runs a literal department for the mental health of our players. There is not a better place to play. Why, 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 hey, Ryan, why did you mention no, so, this? Why, so why, why, why'd your coach call him a gook? Oh, that's well, not, oh my goodness. Because, because, the, because their coach is from 1975. Mentioned. That's, that's not even what Anyways, happened. He, there it was is, an issue that I was don't, never I don't brought up while this. he was with the team. All right. It doesn't why matter. We, he is a good you. offensive tackle. <laughs> He is very very athletic and has a high ceiling. He does need to build up some NFL-level strength, but he is a guy that you got in the fourth round that was easily a day-two talent that could be your starting tackle sooner rather than later if he pans out, and you get that in the fourth round. And that's just those are a lot of picks. With with all the other nice picks you made. Well, here's another thing also that Cleveland has, and like, okay, don't steal this because I've been on Cleveland since last year, Matt. But Cleveland's going to be a very sneaky Super Bowl pick this year. I promise they will be, partially because of all the picks, obviously. But they also had two guys that they drafted in the last two rounds that are coming back off of injuries. They're getting Grant Delpit back. He didn't play last year. They, I think he tore an ACL or something like that. 
he's going to be back. So that's basically like adding an entirely new draft pick as well. And I don't know if it was Denzel Ward, but one of their two corners, the top two on the roster, uh, was injured last year as well. I I want to I want to look this up just to be sure. Was it a kid from Ohio State? Too close to defense. You play offense, huh? All right. Uh, Denzel Ward was out at towards the end of the year. Injuries. Uh, Grant Delpit. And that's not fair. I don't. Okay. All I know is there were two. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I can't find it. There's no reliable. Was it Denzel Ward? I think it was towards the end of the season, if I'm not mistaken. So, point being is that on the the worst part of that team, by far, they're a lot better at now. They already have an amazing offense. So, Cleveland, hot pick for the Super Bowl. I'm already calling it now. Uh, what Last I time they were is, hot picked and go so well. What do you mean? Are they I getting rid of OBJ? Are we are we getting rid of OBJ? I don't even know if it's even something that they need to do. At this point, it's just a luxury. Like, if he works out great, if he doesn't ship him off, you know? Like, it's kind of a win-win situation. They were they do- better Like, they, better don't, they don't need him. I agree, but regardless. Uh, speaking of wide receivers, two other picks I really don't like. Arizona getting Rondale Moore. I know. I know. I know. No, hater. Okay. Yeah, why are why are you this – is, this is exactly what Paul – had said before, and I'm going to steal your line, and it's good because it's a You bar. can have it. It's all you. It's it's absolutely college coach picking. That is what that is. That is not an NFL coach knowing roster know how to have fun, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah, have fun, fun at losing. seven and nine. Yeah, have fun <laughs> at seven and nine. And losing your job. Well, other other teams have fun losing, and what, they're not fun to watch. When they miss the playoffs, and I promise you <laughs> they will miss the playoffs this they, year, Kiffin's going, going to lose to his job. So. Yeah, they're going to bottom out. Well, no. They still have Rondell. Did you say Kiffin? <laughs> you mean Kingsbury? Yeah, whatever. Right. But regardless. D- doesn't so even deserve to. You picked Tyler it, it, number one overall. You don't right. deserve a job. Well, they had to match him with someone who was shorter than him to make him feel better. Anyways. So the only. Oh, my the God. Only I wonder two, who's shorter. Oh, Rondale is. Rondale's like Maybe. <laughs> uh, hard to tackle, baby. Okay, hard to tell. That means. Two other ones. I think this one rivals Cincinnati for the worst pick. And okay, Paul, it's going to hurt you because you now all of a sudden care about this team. But the LA Rams, with their first pick in the entire draft, drafting a dude who is like my size. Why? I understand you want to give targets. Do you mean your height? Yes, correct. Shut up. What? Yes, no, it's eye. an important distinction. <laughs> there are plenty of guys in the NFL your size, and that's not really a hindrance. <laughs> For a receiver, it definitely is. But having Tutu Atwell, who at Louisville, very tiny receiver, especially when they already have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, I just don't like that. I, th- so, I don't like that pick, especially because it was your first one you're making. I, and also, to you be lost fair, it was it was third. at the end of the second round. But I still, I have always, I and it's it. probably because I'm tiny. I have always been give the little guy a chance in the NFL. Nope. nope. I have fears. This guy weighed in unofficially at the medical rechecks at the combine at 149 pounds. <laughs> 
That's what I'm saying. That's and unheard he's of gonna in get, the NFL. He's going to get broken in half. I, it's no matter how much skill you yeah, have. With the last Stafford, that is so smooth. I, I get people. People look at me and they're like, "Wow, you're just like a tiny, fragile human being." I weigh 140 pounds. I don't play in the NFL. People I'm thought I people thought I was tiny in high school, and I went. I played football at a tiny little school, and people were like, "Wow, you're like tiny." Dude, this guy's going to play in the NFL. He is my size, like height and weight. And that's what's – there's plenty of guys in the NFL my height. There's no one in the NFL my weight, or there wasn't. Like, well, that's not – thing it's is unheard that He's going to be playing slot, so Stafford's going to be throwing over the middle, which means they're going to be really, like, fastballs. The ball may go through him. Like, <laughs> literally cut right through him. Like right. I mean, he – so the only thing the, – the one thing going for him – is he might just be able to kind of slip around defenders. That's like they're just going to be they're, they're grasping two, for it. There's not a lot to grab onto. There's not, yeah. there's just not a lot going on there. Um, now, it, the other, but, but the one pick, I, the other pick I do want to praise that's right below it Kansas City getting, and I used this term before, and I'm going to say it for Matt in an edited form that mf Nick Bolton from everything all sec scouts had said was that dude hits like a forty thousand ton brick truck everything i've heard and seen about this guy kansas city getting somebody like that on their defense to match with tyron matthew that that's really good to have somebody who hits like that i think kansas city low-key had a really solid pick there with nick I don't know. I th- I think I'm probably not in the minority here. I think the and it sucks because they picked one of the most value players in the entire draft to me. Um, I think the Texans had the worst draft you could possibly have. Um, yes. Now they picked, a, they picked a QB in round three. This 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 kind of this I wasn't if, that also by the first miracle. <laughs> If by miracle Davis Mills became a an average NFL starter, that would obviously change the entire outlook on the draft. That is not likely to happen. So I'm going to put this very, in my opinion, short and sweet. This is what is probably going to be a rebuilding team soon. And they just lost an entire draft. An entire draft. And this is why I say that. So they didn't have any picks until the, not just the, no, the third round. Yeah, the third round. They didn't have any picks until the third round. No first yeah. round picks, no second round picks, yeah, right? So that, was their, so that was their first pick. If they took a quarterback with their first pick, already a problem. <laughs> you, whatever goes on with Deshaun Watson, and <coughs> I don't have a crystal ball. There's a lot going on there. I don't know what his NFL future is going to be, and nor do I know where it is going to be. Houston's done everything possible to not get rid of him, but something is going to happen, and he's probably not long for Houston. And if he is, that might even be to their detriment. Regardless, even with Deshaun Watson, they have not been good lately. This is a team that needs to turn over talent very quickly, and you spent a pick on a project quarterback no one expects to pan out. You picked... Nico Collins, you traded up to pick Nico Collins, who I think is incredible value. I think he's an A.J. Green clone. I think getting him in the third round as a receiver is awesome. Here's the problem. You're rebuilding. 
when you are ready to play, he's not going to be playing for your team. You are going to trade him or he is going to get paid somewhere else, right? You might, who, who's your quarterback going to be throwing to him this year? Tyrod Taylor? Is that who's going to be throwing to him this year? Uh, probably. And then uh, Deshaun you picked, Watson's lawyer. You, you picked an anonymous tight end in the fifth round. Uh, you, you had some fifth and sixth round projects. They might not get more than one starter out of this draft, this entire draft. And that one starter will probably not be playing for them when it matters. You are a team on the verge of a rebuild that just lost, wasted an entire, a whole draft, the whole goddamn thing. You wasted it. Your whole draft, you wasted the draft. You can't. This is the kind of shit that sets your franchise back years. This is, this is why you, I've been saying that this. you need to consider Houston to be as bad as the Lions. If They're worse this. right now. From I, from, a, from a front that. office perspective, they are so much worse. They right are now. a disaster. As the a Lions have hope. The Lions are horrible. trending up. Houston is. Houston was pretty much at the bottom, and they're, somehow they're trending down. Like you they, can't. It is going to get worse than that. I think you that cannot you mess up drafts to this extent. Speed. You can't do that. You, Actually, you're not allowed to do that. Houston may be now, the first Texas fans will be looking back on the Bill O'Brien years as the glory years. Oh God! Oh how how so it, that that is kind of similar to Lions fans missing Jim Caldwell though. That's like <laughs> it. Listen, just because it got worse doesn't mean it was acceptable. Sure, sure, sure. I, that's just um. But I I already praised this team for their first round pick. Um, I just love the Cowboys draft. So we we talked a lot about, it, and I'm trying to pull it up real quick because I don't I don't want to miss I don't want to put guys in the wrong round. Um. Just two picks alone make this for me. Obviously, we talked about Micah Parsons. They traded back, still got him. I think he's such an elite talent. Um, They had a ton of day two picks. I think they had like four day two picks, and they used them exclusively on defense. I love it so much. They drafted two cornerbacks. They drafted defensive tackle, defensive end, trenches, and secondary. Like, I can't get enough of that. I, I I can't get enough of that at all. And then, that's not even the highlight. You still got Jabril Cox in the fourth round on top of all that. You you just top to bottom crushed your draft, and they spent their first six picks on defense. And I I love it so much. And then they flipped around, and now it is the one thing that I thought they could have addressed a little bit earlier that would have put this draft as like an A++ for me, especially, I think, offensive line. Um, there was some really good day two value, I thought, that I would have liked to see them grab a lineman because one of the longtime strengths of their team is on the verge of getting a little sketch um, between injuries and age and different things. But they even did that in the fourth round. They drafted an offensive tackle, but it, it wasn't James Hudson. It's more of a project, and he might never play for them. But it's not. It's not. By, I love what they did in the draft. It, it would have been an A plus plus if they. How many if they linebackers could have got... do the Cowboys have now? Eleven? No. Leighton well, Vander no, is gone. They, well, that's one. But um, <laughs> I mean, I'm they talking have quite a few linebackers. Well, I am curious to see if they are going to play a little more. <laughs> Three four this year, um, Dan Quinn traditionally. They're gonna have to. <laughs> Dan, Dan Quinn traditionally has not, but it, it they at least look like they want to be multiple. Kind of similar to the Lions, the the way that they're drafting, it, it looks like they really want the option to run some three four out there. And I don't know they the people drafting. No, I don't know. Um, I am curious to see, but you also can't pass up talent. 
Uh, Micah Parsons is going to be awesome. Drill Cox, I think, is a fabulous pick where they got him. If those two are studs and you have a bounty on your hands, then you can move guys around. You can not only are you more versatile, but you can ship a guy off to get assets. Matt, that you need. Matt, they only have five linebackers on the roster. Relax, including the draft picks. Uh, I don't think so. I wouldn't assume, but still, seven's not that many, especially Actually, now. hold on, hold on. That's including Vanderesh, so actually they only have four. So they don't, they got nothing. They're fine. And it and it doesn't include the draft pick. So so you have five. That's that's like a normal linebacker, five or six. I mean, now it's not even normal linebacker room because they're allowed to have like ninety man rosters right now. Well, and also um, a lot of times you have safeties who wind up doubling their positions. Well, especially in the modern NFL, and you get that speed on the field, especially in nickel packages, you get your sub linebackers in there. It's incredibly important. That's what makes Micah Parsons so awesome. Is you don't he is like your sub linebacker safety mold, but he's he's an actual linebacker, and it's it's a great pick. We've talked a lot about the general NFL, but I believe we all agree that the Lions crushed the draft. Uh, I think that it's between them and the Browns on who did best. And the Browns did have an absolutely great draft. I'm going to, you're not allowed to pick Panay Sewell for the sake of this discussion because he was the pick that anyone would have made in this position. What is your favorite thing the Lions did in this draft? Uh, I think that it was already what I, I mean, the picks themselves are not it. It's that you showed uh, an amoebic-like ability to be able to go with the flow of the draft. I think that that, if anything, if anything, the best part of this draft is moving forward. You have a kind of an institution created in your front office on how to draft going forward, which I think is more valuable than any of these individual players at this current moment. Going into this rebuild, what's going to be most important is that you are not A, reaching on guys, B, not going with a trend like, for example, what Miami did where they saw pass catcher, pass catcher, and then you do it. The lines don't seem to have that instilled in their draft process. So that's, to me, that is the biggest plus outside of Penae. Penae, the, uh, Penae, whatever. The, the biggest plus was all their guys for the most part being like super athletic uh, and it just having an emphasis on athleticism. Moving forward, as far as, you know, outside of uh, the Lions pick, which ones besides Sewell did I like the most? Um, it's probably Melifonwu, is that how you say his name? In the third round, the cornerback. Ifatu? I, yeah, that's his first name, um, which might just be easier to Melifanwu. say. Ifatu, Ifatu. Ifatu. Uh, it's it's actually not that hard to say. It's it's pretty. It looks it looks intimidating. It's, well, I'm, it's I'm not, not going to trust you with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's a good call, but it but it might be it. I'm just not gonna put all my eggs in that basket. But I I like him a lot. I'm gonna guess um, with Samoan heritage and so. having plenty of names from it. I'm pretty sure there's an emphasis on the ah. Emphasis. <laughs> so I think it's Ifatu, not Ifatu. But I liked him. My my man Lewis Riddick liked him. Um, they loved him actually. He said he has all the, you know, all the tools to be a superstar in this league. As that's good enough for me. Um, but I, I do think that he should be starting relatively soon. Um, you know, after this year, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the one that's opposite, uh, you know, opposite Okuda um, and starting to, you know, and he becomes another kind of linchpin 
of the defense moving forward. So that was my favorite general pick, but overall in just the uh, like the makeup of the draft class, I like that they targeted more athletic guys, which seemed like you know the the very anti Bob Quinn thing to do. Yeah, I'm a big fan of, of, you know, aside from not taking my boy Jock at number two, I do like (laughs) who they took. Just putting that out of the equation, not taking Jock. Okay, got to get over that. Who'd they take? Levi Anwuzurike. Like it. Follow that up with with Alan McNeil, another one I liked. So, yeah, we're going to suck, but we're going to hurt your O-line along the way, even if we're going to suck in the football game. We got guys, like Ryan said, that are athletic and are going to cause problems on the line, and I'm happy for that. I'm happy that Brad Holmes didn't listen to all the noise about, you know, going to get the flash players, took a good wide receiver. I'm on Ross St. Brown, in my opinion, the better St. Brown, and got to see plenty of him at USC. I like what he brings to the table. I, You know, obviously on a team that does not have a good receiving core in the first place, makes it a lot easier for him to get those reps and get those minutes and start playing right away. But I think he's going to be a good addition years from now for this team. But really, yeah, just the fact that we went trenches, I'm a big fan of. I said it right away. Still saying it now. I don't care what happens with it. I like the strategy. I like the way they're going about it. And I like the guys that they took to go about it. My favorite pick we made was Ifatu. Uh, anytime you can get a cornerback with those measurables in late day two in the third round is just an absolute plus. And not just late third round, I mean late third round, compensatory range of the third round. Um, so after your first 96 picks, I think you went 101 because um, I had seen a tweet somewhere that someone was shocked that uh, he made it out of the top 100. Um, and then, of course, he went the very next pick. So it's that that's my favorite pick but all of them yeah i mean that that has to be the answer the most disappointing pick to me was our second round pick um and not that on wuzuruki is i think he's a good player and i don't there's nothing wrong with him a little undersized for defensive tackle at the top of the second round is eh but it was more to me that I really liked a few other players on the board. We talked about Trayvon Morig. We talked about Asante Samuel Jr. And then, of course, as you said, Jeremiah, um, who we all very – I mean, all of Twitter. It's the funny thing is you see – because everybody, for your the general fan – all, all they have to go off of is mock drafts. And then if they're college football fans, there might be a few guys that they're really keyed in on or guys that played for in their conference or on their college football team. But it's very mock drafty. So if, if there's a guy that was considered a day one pick and he starts slipping later on day two, every fan base in the NFL that's paid attention to mock drafts is like they want to draft that guy. They're like, wow, he's going to be awesome, whether they know who the hell he is or not. But he, he was the big one this year. They just kept sliding, and it didn't matter what fan base it was, like all over Twitter, like you're begging your team to take him. He would have been a perfect pick for the Lions to me. As I said, to me, he was Micah Parsons Jr. He's not the same caliber prospect, but he's in a very similar mold, that very rangy linebacker that you need to play three downs in the modern NFL that allows you to do a lot of things. That's who I wanted at number two. And I would have, if not him, I, I would have liked to grab a safety. Morig was still there. And I'm, I'm always about the secondary. And I like Asante Samuel Jr. a lot. But... This isn't a Jelani Tavai pick, and that's what's important to me. You're not the GM's not going to make all the same picks I would, and I'm not 
ever going to judge a GM on making the picks that I would have made. It's did you get value? Did you not do really dumb things? And taking Onuthuruke is not a dumb thing. It wasn't some huge reach. It It's a day two pick. There's going to be some question marks. There's going to be some possibility it doesn't pan out. But there's nothing wrong with it. And especially for the role that they picked him for, which was verified when around later they took Ali McNeil, who is a much bigger nose-style defensive tackle. He's going to play the nose. And then... Levi's going to play the three tech and depending on, and he might even shift out to end depending on what we play. If we're playing a three, four, he's probably going to be on the end. You're going to have McNeil in the middle. Um, you might have Michael Brockers on the other side who he signed this off season. There's a lot of different things you can do there. And then if you play a four, three or in, depending on how you're shifting the line, you have a lot of versatility and yes, they're both defensive tackles, but they essentially play a different position. They're not, they're not, they don't play the same position, even though they have the same tag next to them. And it's, that was value. The McNeil pick, I actually really liked. I, I thought he was real value where he went. Um, he's I, given his size, you would assume, but of course he's, he's really nice in the run game, but he has, great ability to affect the pass as well and really pushing the pocket back and can continue to develop as a pass rusher. And then everyone was crying, not everyone, but a lot of people were crying for a receiver, right? They're like, oh, the Lions don't have any receivers. Um, They need to do something about it. They really don't. It doesn't matter who we're throwing the ball to this year. It really doesn't. But if, if you wanted that receiver, Amon Ra is a really nice value in the fourth round, is he not? Yeah, I mean, this no, is. I think this so. Is a, he was not expected to still be there. This he's a smart character, that. absolutely. He's well, he is literally Egyptian regality. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> his, uh, his dad was former Mister Universe. But and he, he was. He has he has absolutely great <laughs> genetics. Uh, he was a monster. Um, he doesn't have the craziest measurable. Biggest one in the universe. But this is a kid that. <laughs> Coming out of high school was the elite of the elite, five-star product, and he had an up-and-down career at USC, but USC has been up and down, and they haven't had consistency, whether it's been under center or whether it's been with coaching, and he has, again, not the most athletic profile, but a nice uh, size combo, but he's a very physical receiver, right? And that's if you look at this team, how everyone that we drafted exceptionally physical players, right? I mean, you went lineman with your first three picks. Ifatu is a physical corner. And then you have probably the best run-blocking receiver in the entire draft in someone that prides themselves on being able to push defenders around and out-muscle them for the ball. That's not a bad thing to get in round four. So I, it's not... you. There were no bad picks. Not one. There was not a single pick where you're like, wow, you just really blew that one. It, it Man, isn't... I can't think of the last time we were able to say that for the Lions. Well, certainly not in the last four or five years. Uh, I mean, it's just, right. and it's probably a lot longer than that. And, and that's what gives you hope for the future. Now, all these nice things that we've said, um, I, I am going to grade this draft. And one of the things that annoys me the most is, and it's, it's very cliche, but it's, everyone says it all the time, but I completely disagree with that everyone says you can't, or you shouldn't grade a draft immediately. It, it doesn't matter what happened. Well, that's on kind of day. your MO is to well, react and then never change your opinion. Oh, stop it. Yeah, I'm dug in. You need to stop. <laughs> no matter oh, the facts goodness. that are set out before Oh, my me. goodness. 
because I'm an American. People say you need to see how these players pan out to really see how a, how a draft turns out. And yes, I, I get that you don't really know just how good of a draft it was until a few years down the road and you see what the players are. But that's not what grading a draft is about because a draft is all about maximizing opportunity. The hit rate on the very best GMs in the NFL is not great in any round. So it is important that you don't do dumb things in the draft and that you maximize your opportunity, that you're not reaching on players constantly, that you're not making dumb trades. And that's what we did. Now, it's not a perfect draft, right? There, there could have been some more value in a couple places, but this to me is like a clear B plus, which is the best we've had in so long, so long. And I, and I, it would have probably been an A for me had we drafted JOK. That, that would have probably been the difference for me. Um, but a B plus is great. Like that's not that is. Very, very good. There's not many drafts you're going to give a B plus. And I'm not, don't, the worst thing, if you read like draft grades online anywhere, whether it's Yahoo, ESPN, like no one gets worse than a C. Ever. Like everyone's around a B. No one gets worse than a C, which is ridiculous. I This is a real B plus to me, not like a okay. sliding curve. This is a real B plus. Like you pretty much nailed this draft. It could yeah. have been slightly better to me. The Raiders but were given I don't, a D by Sporting News. Oh, I was going to say, I want to look at the grading. It's the Raiders, at. but the Cowboys also were given a C- minus by sports. I, I bet the average grade, average grade is a B-. minus. Probably. Which is not, like, that's but that, not. But, that, but oh, then I was, again. I was looking at sporting news too. All it's right. it's ever, it's always, it's ever the optimism. But the reason I, the reason I say it's so important to evaluate a draft oh, now, if, if, if Penny Sewell busts out. That is not. Happening. That doesn't make him a bad pick. That is, that is not. I mean, but that is not happening. I like. I don't even. Oh, I agree. I agree. But if he <laughs> ends up being, I, I think he's going to be awesome. Ryan thinks he's a Hall of Famer. I do too. I'm not that. It's 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 absurd not. to say, but at the same time, no, I'm not. not. I'm not that. Like I'm not offended by it. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, he could be that good. Like he's like really good. But Look, my point science is, science is a liar sometimes. Okay? If. And <laughs> if he completely busts out, people will look back on this draft in a much more negative light. They shouldn't. He was the best possible pick that you could have made in that situation. And just because not every good pick pans out does not mean you did a bad job. And that kind of thing is why it is important to be able to contextualize and grade a draft when it happens. Because, yeah, it's easy to evaluate drafts with hindsight. But our GMs don't get that opportunity when they're drafting. Make everyone so it's look real, like a it's, bitch it, again. It, it's so cool to look back in three years and be like, oh, that was a great draft. Or, oh, that was a bad draft. We see how everyone panned out. But that's not reality when you're making these picks. Hey, so hey, I, I hey, think it's bitch. more important have, in the you have more than bitch. <laughs> I mean, where, I, where do you guys grade I, this draft? Isaac, Isaac Newton died eating <laughs> What do you guys grade this draft? So I I think it's an A because I, like I said I do think Panay Sewell is a Hall of Famer. So you got one Hall of Famer and then I didn't hate any of the other picks. <laughs> and there are quite a few that I liked. Um, even doing more, I guess research if you want to call it that on uh, Ozubuki, however you say his name. You know there were a lot of people who did think he was the number one defensive tackle in the draft. And if the Lions thought so, then obviously getting him where they did, I'm sure was 
tremendous value to them. Um, and then, you know, St. Brown, uh, Ifanwu, or Melifanwu, whatever, whatever the gentleman's name is. Um, so overall, I thought it was a really good, um, really good get for, for them. And I would give them an A if I was the, the draft teacher. Uh, I have not made, I mean, I've never hidden this. And I think that I, I don't think Ryan is anywhere near out of bounds with that assessment. I think that this is the most clear cut best pick, especially considering everything else around it. Like, like it feels so much like the reverse of Aaron Donald. It really does. It feels the exact opposite of what happened with the Lions with Aaron Donald feels like what happened with with Panay Sewell. I think he's going to be an all-famer. I think the only reason that he's not up there with like Jonathan Ogden or Orlando Pace is because he was on the West Coast and he didn't play this past year. I, I mean, for real, I do think that's part, that has a factor of why more people aren't like, this dude is literally like the greatest thing since sliced bread. But I, I, I this is an A. There is no plus because that's not actually how real adult grading works. So I'm going to say it's an A for that pick alone, but everything else around it and the infrastructure you've built, which is a more macro thing, but it's true. I, I think it's an A. And going forward, I think this is the best possible start for the rebuild. And that's all you can ask. So before I get my grade, I was looking through the Lions first round picks just year by year and, you know, going through and get 2014 and God, internet's so mean. On Wikipedia, Eric, and then in quotations, Butterfingers, Ebron. <laughs> no one else has a nickname throughout our all of our picks, but they decided to put that up there for Eric Ebron. That's just mean. It's because the internet hates him. <laughs> he, he he kind of brought it on himself. I didn't say he didn't, but the internet hates him. I would like to, before we close draft talk, we didn't even talk about my teams. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's where I'm going and, and right now. Either, that's Dick. where I'm. Yeah, that oh. too. Well, I mean, you, not, why are, not, listen, not you guys were just much, talking but. casual. It's not my fault they skipped you. I said before I give my grade, and then I was mentioning what I was laughing at. Uh, oh, I give right. it an A minus. Well, only, only thing that didn't make it an A, we didn't get Jock. Is J okay? There you go. Which is fair. What was? That's boy. Did you say A, Dylan? Yeah, he said an A. Okay, I thought so. You guys are uh, see an A, and I don't. I, an A to me is like you got a generational player five. That yeah, you, you hate Brad Holmes. An A to me yeah, is that's five. True. That's true. Five starters with three Pro Bowlers. Like that's that's like A level to me. Like that that's, never happens outside it, of like twenty seventeen Colts. A's are rare. Like it's not. It's it's not. You, not that rare. To ace ace a draft. To I, ace ace a draft. Like it's it's got to be special. Like I'm that's a special you, thing. It is, well, to be fair, my grade is not just the picks, though. Which, of course, because I have to be that pretentious ass. Well, no, but no, I, I'm fine with that. Because how many times do I say it's the process over the results? That's what I'm saying. And because the process, if the if the process yeah, is, is the right, the results time. will eventually come. You you can do everything right and things still go bad. But if you if you do things wrong, it doesn't matter how lucky you are. Things will not end well in the end. And, period. Yeah. It's all, all about right. the process. So about the I, process, that's what I wanted to talk hey. about was the Bears. That's where I was throwing it hey. is you, we are we talked a lot about the Lions, but someone here is is a hey. fan of an hey. even worse hey. franchise. Hey. 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 And hey. you had a very interesting <laughs> draft. That's not true. They have a Super Bowl. 
and we have like <laughs> that, a thousand that automatically puts them as a better franchise in our lives. And also, and also, I will say, excuse me, have been to and another one. How many dynasties yeah. did the Bears have? Because the Lions one. had a fucking dynasty. Uh, Dude, I'm the sorry, Bears, Bears, Bears had dynasties were, as well. What are you talking? You right. want to go back to early football? Ours was better. Ours was better. I don't think so. It was absolutely okay. Better. Hold on. So. Before you, before you even pull that garbage out, like. If you ask any sincere NFL like group, the, the eighty-five Bears are voted as the best team ever constructed. Okay, that's one team. Which is a we bunch were of crap. Literally... Because offensively, they definitely were not. I, look, all I'm saying is that like people who vote on this, who like football is their life, they were voted the best team ever. If if you go to Bears Home Group on Facebook, Stop. Yeah. that's not where it was. It was that's NFL. What I'm talking about. Bears diehard. The NFL.com and NFL Network said that the 85 Bears were the best. That's all. I check know. out those That's check all. out those usernames. Scoreboard. These are written by Mike Singletary. <laughs> Who's this D Blair with a mustache? <laughs> now, okay, so oh, you mean the man. you mean the emoji that looks like <laughs> Yes, right. I I love it now. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> but no, okay, so I'm not going to do Paul's thing where I have to give a dissertation about dra- what draft grades are, but uh, the uh, the thing with the Bears pick is that, like, I'll be transparent, uh, I didn't like Justin Fields as, like, a prospect. I wasn't a big fan. Like, he, when he was being talked about for, like, top five in terms of, like, draft pick, I was like, ah, I don't know about that. That doesn't seem right. The Bears are in a situation where they have, like, they have one option, and I've said this and mentioned this before, but the Bears this year were the Lions last year. So any Lions fan who understands even remotely what happened to you last year is what the Bears are currently in. They brought back two guys who shouldn't have been brought back, and I will say they did the opposite of what Quinn and Patricia did. They did not draft as if their jobs were on which is weird considering that they're going to be fired if this doesn't turn into 8-8 eight eight at least. But I, like, I can't be mad at the pick, even though the player I wasn't hot on at the beginning, it's number 11. That's not that egregious. We drafted up to get him, and who were we going to get at number 20 that was going to do more for our future than Justin Fields anyway? It's a boomer bust pick. I mean, it is, and I'm not going to pretend like it's not. But it feels like the atmosphere around Patrick Mahomes. I am not saying Fields is him, but it feels very similar. A lot of teams passed on him, had questions about him and how he played in college. There's a lot of talk about the physical attributes of the of the player. It feels like the Bears could possibly have righted a 2017 wrong. Or... We drafted a total bust, and we're in the same situation anyway if we didn't draft it. So that's my attitude. <laughs> there you go. I, I think Fields is uh, good. I thought he was better than Lance, and I thought he was better than Mac Jones. Um, so I thought him, you know, going after any of those guys w- would have been good, and the Bears, you know, obviously trading up for him to get to 11 if that's the guy you wanted is probably something that uh, that you needed to do. Because I know, you know, some teams, it was reported had, um, you know, way later rounds. But my guess is every team did not do that. And there are probably some teams that thought he was the third or even the second best quarterback in the draft. 
um, sitting there later, maybe hoping they'd fall or maybe, you know, hoping he'd fall to a, a later spot than even 11 that they could go up and get him. So for the Bears, it's a move I liked. Obviously, the uh, the scary part is, one, if he doesn't work out, it sucks. And two, they're not going to be good this year anyway. So Pace and Nagy are definitely both, you know, out the window. And then you're trying to attract a new GM without a first-round pick. Well, but here's – okay, I'm going to counter that because that's something I've heard and I don't agree with it whatsoever. Because the, the issue in, – in, in and this is why I mentioned the, the Pace and Nagy thing, and it's weird – that they did this because they did this. This is for the betterment of the franchise, not for them. Like they, them drafting Justin Fields does not help them in their job security whatsoever. So I, I would I, like. I think they think it might. Yeah, I was gonna but say. Let me. Run I feel like the, that might be some wishful thinking, Dylan. It's not. I, I can tell you unequivocally, especially after the January presser that the Bears had, which I watched in which I followed all the follow-through afterwards. Like, to, let's be honest, I'm a little more plugged in to Bears' world. So, here is, here is it, something they I'll will say. Not, they will not handle an 8-8 eight eight or less season. They will not if, if Justin Fields starts game one, he I think you're well, correct. He, well, he won't start. If he does not start game one, I think you're straight up wrong. I think this nope. move nope. bought them time. Nope. No. I, I, look... I, I have. I don't, I don't think that either. I think they could think Justin Fields is better for this year, just not week one. Like they can move, bring him in, you know, like week ten. I can just. But tell if you, you what's if going you have a win, not if you have back. a win now mandate to keep your job, you are not drafting a quarterback in round one to not play him the entire year. I don't know. Uh, then you're just kind of getting cocky and hope you get eight wins, right? Look, the McCas <laughs> for now and the McCaskies are much more caged about. How would I put this? They're very similar to the Fords in that they speak, they don't speak, but they are also a lot more involved in the football side of things to where uh, Chris McCaskey, he's the president uh, of, he's kind of, uh, who's the guy for you guys? Ed, Ed something? Who's the president? We have Rod Wood. That's it. That's it. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) He's kind of the Rod Wood, but he's a lot more involved in the football side of things rather than the marketing. And, I can just tell you that there is no way that with the fan pressure and how it's going to, like this draft pick does not alleviate Pace and Nagy. It helps the franchise as a whole, but they are no better in the hearts of the fans than anyone else. And if they keep them again, it's going to be a calamity of proportions that no team has seen in at least a day. It's so not something going to happen. Something that I think would upset you but I think would be a very real possibility in based on this draft would make a lot of sense. Pace and Nagy might not be tied at the hip. I, I, might okay, get I, do, I, I do believe you on that. No, I, I, that was actually my next thing I was going to say is that I think Pace is fine. I don't think Nagy. That's, and that's that where this part. draft makes a lot more sense. Right, Pace yeah. is drafting knowing that he can have a couple few years to figure this out. Whereas he'll get to Nagy will be gone because they suck and they've sucked for a while. Right. But Pace is Nagy's not drafting. Pace is drafting. And, so, a, and there is another aspect to this, which is that Ryan Pace, while he is not loved by the fandom, he had he isn't like Bob Quinn in that he actually is extremely competent 
on one side of the ball. He he in terms of defense, he is he is a genius. He is And I I would good. prefer I would prefer that because you can get lucky on offense and really it just takes you finding a quarterback if your defense is good enough. So that was what I was gonna hint at was that I don't I'm not I don't believe that Ryan Pace is, is the issue has the concern here. I think if Matt Nagy goes eight and eight or less, he is gone. It doesn't matter. You, he is gone. And I think you, that I yeah. joked about it. I really think that Jim Harbaugh is a is who they're talking. About. Okay, we're not. I'm going to ignore I, that. Look, uh, no, you had, I, you I, had a, I thought they wanted to win. Well, you had a very interesting I, draft from a few perspectives. Oh, I love the second. I, I don't. I personally think, and I'm not even going to say it's your fault, but I personally think the franchise is was cratered with this move, but that's based on my belief that Justin Fields is not going to make it in the NFL. And who knows? That could easily be wrong. You gave up two first round picks plus some to get him. But what I will say, we we gave up the third this year. That's not that it's fine. That's very relevant. It's an important day to pick. But anyway, um, the, the thing is you weren't, you were picking 20. You, because of past decisions, because your defense is very good, uh, because of some trades that probably weren't very good, um, and because of lopsided performance, you did not think you were going to be in a position to be picking a quarterback this year. This year being a great year, if you need a quarterback, because there was an abundance of choice at the top of the first round. Justin Fields fell probably more than people thought he would, and if that was your guy... Being able to pick him when you didn't think there was any chance you would and you didn't pick until 20, that's kind of a coup in a way. Right. If, if if he hits, this draft is an A, period. It doesn't even matter about the rest of the draft. This draft is an A, right? So if that is the guy, things turned out really well for you. The problem is, and partly because of you gave up a third this year. You didn't have a lot of day one and two picks, and that is where the bulk of your starters come from. And, well, and it's the same and for that's the, every that's NFL was, team. That's what I was going to say next, is that with our second round pick, I actually, like, top to bottom, feel better about the second round pick. Every single thing, and to be fair, part of it is Bears media, but even, um, oh my God, Gundy. I almost said Mike Stoops. Mike Gundy uh, even said, gave the biggest praise I've ever seen a coach post-draft give a guy. Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State, looks like the meanest dude I've ever seen block, at least in college. Uh, Everything I've heard from, whether it's Bears media, scouts, people within Oklahoma State, Big 12, what have you, say that this dude is going to be like the, the absolute steal of the draft. Now, to be fair, it's Bears media, so I don't care about their opinion. But at the very least, it sounds like the tackle that I got solves a huge need that we have, which is our offensive line has been worse than yours. So, so I, I I really liked your second round pick too, um, and you guys you know. Everyone knows I love building the lines, especially the offensive line. I think is one singular unit. I think the offensive line is the most important in football. Um, In getting a kid in Jenkins that, uh, again, never never for sure a hit. You don't know. But 
looks like he could be quality NFL starter on the offensive line at one of the most important positions. That's and especially when you have a young QB that's going to be coming up soon. Super, super important. The problem is those are the only two picks you had day one and two. And it is universal across every team in the NFL. Day one and two is where the bulk of your starters come from. Um, round four gets thrown in there a little bit too. But outside, and you didn't have any, even round four, which is the swing round. And that's round four is kind of what really makes or break your your really good franchises from your average and below franchises. It's that swing round. Like you're either getting a starter here and there every couple of years or you're not. You didn't have any picks until round five after your first two picks. Right, but you, you another thing for... you have to but you have to keep in mind that other, unlike your team, and it's not shade, but it's just the reality. You're of, you're of our you're team. built more to win now. Well, and also we've hit on more of our later picks, like you're referring to, like Darnell Mooney was a fifth round pick, and he's going to be our. Um, yeah, I, I, number I, one. Sec, second good. or second or third round, I think last year your corner, um, yeah, Johnson, uh, Jalen John, Jalen Johnson. No, there's so many Johnsons out there. Ha, ha, ha. He, from Mar- right. from Maryland, right? No, no, not Maryland, Utah. Yeah, Utah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. he was a awesome. sec- he was our second. Was he a second round pick? Okay, so that's that's yeah. that's a little bit earlier. I was thinking we was already have signed Eddie. We already have Roquan. Akeem Hicks is still there. You have Khalil. Like it's not. And, like, and Roquan took a big step last year. That's, had a, that, this is why I'm saying I'm not all that concerned about all this missed stuff because we don't have as many. Unlike the Lions, we aren't starting at zero now. Our deficits are lower than yours where we need them, but. There are things that we don't need to do. Like defensively, we don't really need to add much except for secondary depth because we got rid of Kyle Fuller. So. And also it, our free safe or strong safety. Because we, we've had a tourniquet there where with Clinton Dix, Amos, uh Tayshawn Gibson. But again, at the end of the day, it's all about Justin Fields. Because if he doesn't pan out in a few years, you're blowing this whole thing up. And, and but again, but like, how is if we were to sit at twenty, how am I going to be in any different position if I didn't draft him? At least with this, you're if not. He hits. We're we're golden. That's and, why. And I'm that's not why I. That's why I. I don't hate what Chicago did. I don't think it's going to work. But you shot your shot, and there's nothing wrong. You had to shoot your shot at some point. How are you going to get your next quarterback? You, you had to try. And this is, as you said, someone that a lot of people had ranked a lot higher. We might disagree with them, but at some point you got to shoot your shot. And if he works out, it's going to be awesome. And you didn't shoot your shot on Davis Mills, right? You shot your shot on a legitimate quarterback prospect, regardless of what some of his issues may be. Everyone has red flags. The, one, the, the one big difference, and this is something, a storyline that'll be very interesting to say the least looking into the future because like i think you paul you and myself agree with the dynamic that i think pace has a better job security than maggie does what happens because i i will andy dalton is going to be starting the season but if things start to look sour who wins that dynamic because i like ryan pace is not going to want justin fields to start he'll try to do what casey did with Mahomes and have him sit for, you know, almost a year. 
but Nagy's going to want to put Justin Fields in in order to get wins. So it'll Who be in that dynamic is going to win, and that matters because so if he wants you... to, if he cares that much, Pace can say, "I will fire you on the spot if you start Justin Fields." Like if that's if he feels that strongly about it. Now, even if he doesn't want Justin Fields to start he might still have enough hope or respect for Nagy to let Nagy play out the season his way and then evaluate after the season. I don't know how he feels in that situation. But, it, but and the, that's reason where... why I, the reason why I mention that is a developmental thing because part of the problem with Trubisky and John Fox being the absolute asset that he was, part of the problem with Trubisky's development is Trubisky started almost right away. And he, not even when he was drafted, did anyone believe that that was something that he should have been done. John Fox threw him into the fire. Now, it, it I is, think Trubisky it is never sucks good. in and of itself. But. It's never good. It, it has never beneficial for a quarterback to play that much their first year in the NFL. I, I don't care yeah. what the situation. Are you, do you Do you think Peyton Manning's 26 interception season helped him as a rookie? I mean, do you know no, how many quarterbacks that, ever since then? Do you, do you know how many quarterbacks that would have completely <laughs> broken? Jesus. I he he was something else, and he was able to overcome. But that something did not else, the garbage. Oh my goodness! Um, it, it's not. It's never beneficial for to get some playing time, sure, but to start and run a team, it, it's not good for any rookie quarterback, no matter how good they are. And it, you, you want, if I'm a Bears fan, I don't want Justin Fields to start a single game this year. Maybe no, I, week I, 17. Maybe right. week 17. If we're like um, garbage and we throw them out against the second stringers of the pack. I don't oh, and you play them against the Lions? <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. Well, you yeah, may I don't have want him touching the field if I'm a Bears fan. I don't want him touching the field. That's mean, the let, problem let is him that you, learn the game. But we don't know the dynamic. Like, I think that Nagy and, and Pace have been friends for long enough, but this year they are not going to be buddies if this thing turns sour. And, and y'all and, shitting and, on Andy Dalton like he isn't already your third best quarterback ever. Uh, <laughs> hasn't taken a snap, and he's still your that third is, best quarterback ever. Probably accurate. No, no, no. Number one is that time we almost got Russell Wilson. It, it's it's although it, he's <laughs> maybe Cutler, regressed Kyle a little Orton, bit, you know, Red Rock but it's it, if Justin Fields is better than Andy Dalton, it, it kind of tells you what you have because Andy Dalton's the Mendoza line of starting quarterbacks, right? Right. <laughs> if if you're worse, which than Andy is better Dalton, than you're... every Bears quarterback since Jay Cutler? No, no. That which is know, that's absolutely you know, true. Did you know Scott Mitchell apparently was actually pretty good with the Bears? Scott Mitchell was good with the Lions too. Good at throwing interceptions. He well, was, no, but, no, he was no, fine for a while. Stop it. Apparently, Scott yeah, Mitchell until the coin flip. Because I oh looked at, goodness. I looked at a list for these jokes. <laughs> so you are. It's weird for the old man on the show to do this, but you are judging him by modern standards. The game was different back then. Yeah, game manager Alex Smith uh, types. Throw, no, no, no. I watched him play. He wasn't that good. Who? He wasn't Which is that sad bad because either. he was the best we had, but oh, he yeah. wasn't that good. You just don't like him because he was fat, and fat guys don't stick he, together. He, he wasn't. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He wasn't fat when he played for us. I gotta look. Maybe he wasn't the end of his small. career. Didn't he get up to like four hundred pounds or something? 
maybe after his career was done, not when he's playing quarterback. Mentioned. Right, like now I, no, I, he's taking no, it. like he's that dude who played for the for no. Kentucky okay. all those I years. Think, Hold on. No, I think I'm sorry. he played at like 265. Hold on, I, mi- I misspoke. Matt, help me out. Who was the quarterback in 91 and 92 for the Lions? It was Rodney P. Da- yeah, no, Rodney P., Dave Craig, um, somebody else. Uh, because we had, we had a McMahon. No, we had a, what, Scott Kramer or something? I, it was a former Lion who started for you guys, and then in 95 with the Bears, he did really well. It wasn't Scott Mitchell, though, because Scott Mitchell played until 1998, so that's not him. I got to look this up. Scott Mitchell came into the NFL at 249 pounds. Good God. As, as, a, as a young person, 249. You're telling me he wasn't 265 by the time he played for the Lions? No. He lost weight. I don't know, man. I All right. don't know. It was Eric Kramer. That's who. Okay. Oh, Eric Kramer. Yeah. He uh, he was the one because it, here. Uh, yeah. His uh, his 1995 season with the Bears. He was 31. He played 16 games. He was 60% completion percentage. 3,838 passing yards. 29 TDs. 10 interceptions. That's pretty damn good. All right, this is the Scott Mitchell slander is going to end now. No, Wait, we're not. not even ta- we're not even talking. No, about I Scott. no. no this is, is this is a very important in 1995. All right, yeah, his one good year. His one good year. 95. His like, one we, good year. Twenty over 25 years ago, and this is something that the quarterbacks. No, you can't just say his one good year when the year before that he didn't even hit 1500 yards, and the year before, after that he hit the, literally the, the year as before many when he played half a season. The year before touchdowns. when he played half a season, he had literally in, in as many interceptions as touchdowns. The following he played year. on a bunk team, dude. I don't care. He played for a bad team in '95. So this man, he didn't do that. Listen, will you please listen? Can you just please listen? I don't need to listen. In '95. This man threw for 32 touchdowns and only 12 interceptions. He threw 4,300 yards. Yeah. How many 4,000-yard passes were there in, ni- in in the early 90s, dude? Well, there is no 4,000-yard pass. So. Oh, because the Bears have never had one, ever. No, Which no, that you, is an you insane You didn't pluralize stat. it. I was making fun. No, I know. Oh, whatever. <laughs> the Bears have never had a 4,000-yard passer. That's a fact. Like, that's never broke 4,000 yards. Uh, 95, dude, threw for 40, 32 touchdowns, 11 picks, and you want to bespeak this man's name. 12 picks, first of all. The, the year before that, 10 touchdowns, 11 picks. Year after that, 17 touchdowns, 17 picks. This man was not good outside of one year. Then 19 touchdowns and 14 picks. And given the time Which is not good! Not, which which no, is not good! You want your quarterback to throw five now. more touchdowns than picks? It's not... Joe Namath is in the Hall of Fame with more For, receptions no, J- than touchdowns. Joe Namath is in the and, Hall of Fame because he be. won the most important game to force the merger. That's the uh, only with, reason. With more interceptions than touchdowns. Hold on. Yeah, John he shouldn't Kenna be in the Hall of Fame. had a 4,000-yard season, too, by the way. Not in the 90s, he didn't. He did in 2006. That's not the 90s. And 2007, actually. Back-to-back also, years. He did how does that make Scott you feel Mitchell. that John Kitna is the best quarterback in Bears history? That's not. I'm not talking about the Bears. I'm talking about. You. I know you're not. I He's know you're probably not. the best quarterback in Lions history too. I don't think John Kidna played. No, for the Bears. he did it not was play a for jo- us. Oh my god, it was a bad one because it didn't make any sense. 
Oh, you've never had a four thousand yard passer, kid. No, twice you are. On the you garbage are, license. You are, no, I mean you're right on that, but I don't. I don't want to admit that. So we're moving on to the fact that John Kitna has more four thousand yard passing seasons than Scott Mitchell's. He played in the two thousands. I would hope so. By the way, was Scott Mitchell on the Biggest Loser ever? Was that? Is that why? Yes. Yes, he was. Yes. It is. It yes. yes. He was on the Biggest Loser. Three hundred and sixty-six pounds, I think. I know, but we already know he played for the Lions. (laughs) Well, I assume in '95 they won a ton of games with him passing like that. I Uh, went ten and six. Yeah, the Bears were nine and seven. For the Lions, that is a ton of games. Okay. Not for that period. Went to the playoffs, got knocked out in the first round. No, that was post-Barry. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. In 95? Yeah, Barry Oh, did he retire in 98? Barry's last year was 98. 98, yeah. There you go. There you go. That was his last actual year. Yeah. Yeah, no, I remember. You're right. How do you remember? You were five. Oh, my yeah, God. Remember. <laughs> you lying ass. I, not like I remember the day he retired. Then why like, are you I remember that? when his career ended based on the things that I've seen. You've never, seen it, it. You've never seen it yourself. You don't know that. You could still and he still couldn't even hit 60% of his passes. Yeah, that's pretty shitty. <laughs> not a good It was a 95 in completion percentage is a bunk stat. Balls oh, like he went 10 touchdowns and 8 picks. What do you mean? Wait a so you said bunk stat, but where were you when I said Drew Brees was trash, sir? What? Those things are oh, not oh, related. Oh, oh, I never said now. Drew Brees is not trash. What are you talking about? I never said Drew Brees is not trash. I never said. Why? Why? Just I just let it go. I corrected it immediately. No, I never said Drew. He's not good because of his completion percentage. That's not what makes him good. Yeah, nothing does. So anyway. Oh my Jesus god. Christ. <laughs> All right, Ryan. I think it's time to wrap. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think we're at that point. Ryan, do the oh, thing. Yeah. Well, for real this time, uh, you guys can catch us on Sports Carnage. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can catch all of our past episodes on Podbean, on Apple Podcasts. And then, of course, you can follow us on our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, where if you want to no, f- uh, f- find out what we thought about every th- every single pick about the first round, you can do that. That video is up there. Um and then subscribe, rate, review, and comment your your hearts away on all of our podcasts. For Ryan Griffin, Paul Roshan, Dylan Bear, I'm Matt Bazin. We are Sports Carnage. Thank you for spending an hour and a half with us this week. We'll be back with you all next week.